0: I am Mining Investor and Editor of Resource Stock Digest. We're going to call myself Gerardo Del Real this week here with my partner, Mr. Nick Hodge, who is also an investor and the publisher of Daily Profit Cycle. This is, holy smokes, Nick, this is the 247th episode of our weekly therapy session that we like to call Investing in Bizarro World. We're going to talk about This Country for Old Men and Mr. Jamie Dimon. We're most definitely going to talk gold, precious metals, the energy breakdown, and we, of course, are going to get into the crypto breakout with none other than our in-house expert, who, by the way, has guided our company portfolio um, to to a nice little profit and rising quickly. Uh, But we have our in-house crypto expert, Mr. Chris Curl, who will be joining us later in the podcast. Um, Mr. Hodge, first and foremost, I'm looking forward to seeing you by the time this gets out to the audience, you would have joined me in the 4D Club, I believe, as you are having a birthday. Is that accurate? Are you are you are you joining me yet?
1: Oh yeah. Thanks for the reminder, Gerardo. <laughs> we'll be um, in Vegas with the rest of the team, the resource doc digest and digest publishing team and it coincides with my birthday. So yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be good to see everybody. We do the remote thing. So we've got people spread out all over the um country and we're flying them all in so looking forward to seeing you and everybody else as well and um looking forward to talking to chris here in a bit about uh the crypto market and it's a resurgence so let's get into it
0: No, oh, let's get right into it let's start with the overall indices uh we've had you know we're recording this early because we are going to be traveling to vegas if any of you happen to be out in vegas and see us stop by say hello uh buy us a drink tell us funny things tell us not funny things whenever we're always game so Say hello, but listen, uh, the the overall markets, the Dow's down, uh, and the S&P, frankly, for a third straight day. Um, economic data came in here recently that was womp, womp, but the dollar index is firming up. It's back above 104. Let's start with the overall markets, and then we can lead into the dollar index, gold, silver, copper, and oil. And those last four, obviously, all tie in to the global economy. Thoughts, Mr. Oj.
1: Remind me what those last four are after I give you my initial, initial rant on the broader markets. Um, so overall, still a bear market, right? Um, but it's interesting because you've had another rally, which I would classify as a bear market rally. We've talked about these a lot over the past uh, two years, right? Because the market's really been in a bear market since, uh, honestly, the, the, literally the first trading day of 2022 was when the S&P peaked. So... Uh, for context, it's still down from there, and we haven't got back to new all-time highs, and um, we, we, we remain down five percent. You know, we've had some some good runs uh, for this calendar year. The S and P is up, but for the overall cycle, it remains down. So that's some context. Um, the themes of the year that developed sort of remain true. You got this concentration at the top end, uh, the market cap spectrum, with the what was the Magnificent Seven um, it driving the market, now becoming the Magnificent Five. And so um, with companies like uh, Meta starting to to go the other way, sort of running out of gas. And so meanwhile, Apple is is, is hitting new highs, so continuing to drive that overall S&P higher. Um, I just said that one or two of those seven stocks has, has broken down a little bit. So I equate it to a game of musical chairs, right? It seems like those chairs are being taken away, and it seems like Uh, While uh, everything is okay in the surface, and you had um, a a good November for stocks, it it seems it reminds me of July when we were talking about this with a a pullback in rates and a a, a ascension of the market, but not really a change in the overall trend, just a head fake. And I would say that you know beneath the surface, things continue to um, deteriorate and things continue to echo. As some of the things we saw in 2007, I got some notes cause I had to do another interview this morning. So I uh, was taking You're a notes. a popular
0: guy, Nick. Yeah.
1: Consumer bankruptcy is back to um, uh, 19% uh, growth year over year in, in Q3, which is the highest level since the, the GFC. And we continue to get those downward revisions in jobs uh, the ADP number that was out uh, early last week. By the time you see this was a, a mess. Um, we won't get to see the non-farm payrolls, but those have been sort of, uh, as we've talked about, um, revised down every month so far this year. And so anyway, um, the, the stock market had a good run in, uh, November, but it's not back to all time highs. It's only driven by a handful of, 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 small tech stocks and gains are gains to be clear. Um, you know, a, a 20% year to date return is almost a, a full year return here as we get, December is is nothing to to sneeze at, right? Considering that an average return on the S and P is something like seven to nine percent. But you have to remember that nobody, you know, bought this S and P on the the first of January, right? People are in the cycle, and so for the cycle, they're they're still down. And um, if you think people saw it coming that we were going to have this concentration in the top end of the the market cap spectrum, well, that's nonsense too. Because if you look at the returns from hedge funds, which I was doing earlier. Well, only hedge funds are only up like 2 to 3% for the year. So yep. um they didn't see that move either. So anyway, it's uh, some broad sentiment there on the the broader indices, I guess.
0: All right, those last four were uh the gold, silver, copper and oil, the energy trade, right? Um all tied into the global economy, gold, less so. silver still trading, you know, somewhat like an industrial metal, though it did seem to have a mini breakout. Um, and then copper and oil, of course, always, you know, uh, attached to the hip of the global economy. Let's start with the precious metals. Gold had itself, uh, what has to be described like as a mini flash, instead of a crash, a mini flash boom. It seemed like desperate short covering, right? It seemed like somebody was on the wrong side of a trade and it needed to get out at any price. Of course, the price spiked over 2100 I knew the minute everyone on Twitter started celebrating that it was going to come right back down. And sure enough, it closed, I think, down for the day or up some $4. However, look, we're still sitting firmly above the 2000 level, 2026 level right now. That's with the dollar index surging above the 104 level again after testing the 102 level earlier these past seven days. Thoughts on the precious metals trade?
1: Um, I have a lot of thoughts and, and other people have a lot of thoughts as well. I've seen a lot of narratives about the the gold thing, you know, people being offside, short covering, um, inside information about weekend attacks in the, the Middle mm. East, uh, all sorts of stuff, right? So, at the end of the day, gold's been in a bull market and, and we've been saying that. Um, we were saying that it needed a monthly close in November above 2000 and, and we certainly got that. Um, and it's been driven by different things. So... Um, I, I guess it's important to talk about that. Um, first, it was sort of geopolitics with the, the wars in, in Russia and Ukraine, and, and more recently with, with Israel and Hamas. Um, and then we have had the ongoing narrative of, uh, of a pivot coming, which is um, what sort of took it to this record price this month, right? There was sort of some stumbling of economic data in November, jobs data, ongoing negative manufacturing, ISM data. And the narrative is that bad news is good news because the Fed the Fed is going to cut sooner than later. So that's good for gold, right? Because interest rates are going to go down. Um, and then what I think you're going to see is, you know, the Fed meets this week when this podcast comes out and you're going to see that the, the pivot is not going to be sooner than later. I don't think you're going to get much dovish language at all. Um, inflation is still high. And so I think the next catalyst for gold is bad news being bad news, right? Yep. The, the, the return to... Um, contraction of economic growth. Remember, we had 5% growth of GDP in in Q3. That's going to go down closer to zero for Q4. Um, And I told you that you're going to start seeing more recession talk uh, return as we get closer to the new year. So I think that's the cascading of the the catalysts for gold. And it's good because we don't want really geopolitics to be what's building that um, ascension of the gold price. We want it to be more uh, fundamentals and, and technically driven. And so you still have all this other stuff on the side too, right? You still have the government debt and the issues with the banks and the commercial real estate and all that. So um, lots of catalysts ahead for gold. It remains uh, in a bull market. What else did I want to say about gold? Anything? I don't know if you want to talk about old stocks yet, but even silver starting to get bullish. The yep. the, 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 the the PGM group, Platinum, for example. So you got a precious metals bull market and um, uh, the equities have a lot of catching up to do on the other two things. Um, I'm including silver on that precious metal side, by the way. Um, and then for copper and oil, yeah, oil's broken down. we narrated that as well. Uh, you got it down towards $70 now. So and you had it run this this year. Um, it was a bull market and then it caused a recession, which typically happens. And I told you might happen, is high oil prices or those major inputs for um, consumer spending and consumer costs that either way at their budget. And then um they caused a recession and then now the 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 oil price is telling you that copper is sort of telling you that as well you know it had a little a fake run in, in november i would say sort of like the, the, it was a bear market rally in stocks with uh, interest rates going down a little bit but you'll notice and i'm sure you did that it just doesn't want to go above four dollars right Correct. so
0: <laughs> not um, yet not you've yet you've got
1: those commodities still pricing in economic slowdown um and to some degree you've got the to the downside. And to some degree, you've got precious metals pricing and economic slowdown to the upside. So um I think that's the answer to to, to what you're asking about. What are your thoughts on those four things? No,
0: no I, I think you articulated it perfectly. And we'd be, you know, off and wrong if we didn't touch on uranium, which is still, I think, building a beautiful base here around the $80 level. Uh, I had the pleasure of, of chatting with and interviewing Mr. Amir Nani, who you know, in the Junior Resource Monthly portfolio, we're up some 400% on that position. And, you know, we did that again by preaching what I said last week, being there early, buying UEC when I had trolls on Twitter telling me it was mismanaged and Amir paid himself too much and the executives were too accomplished for to run a junior mining company and all the stuff that trolls like to say, uh, specifically about, you know, certain companies and certain management teams and all Amir and his team have done is delivered beautiful gains for subscribers and myself it looks good we're holding that in the portfolio not going anywhere anytime soon and i suspect by the time i exit that position in the portfolio it will be another quadruple digit winner achieved the exact same way they've all been achieved get there early buy what nobody wants it get a trend that's your friend and be wrong for a little bit right we were wrong by being early and then we waited and then we got the first leg up and shot up some 200 percent and then it consolidated 50 percent and we waited a year and Now we're up 400%. So I'll take 400% gains over, you know, a multi-year period any day of the week. Anyhow, I say all that to say that when I spoke with Amir, he made, you know, a really, really good point about the fact that there's going to be a 55 million pound deficit going into 2024. And so demand this year will, will be close to 200 million pounds. Supply from mining will be at 145 million pounds. And we're seeing more and more governments around the world commit to nuclear and that deficit doesn't include any new demand coming onto the picture. So if you're looking for a trend being your friend, folks, uranium, should, you could do worse than being friends with the uranium trade. And I think that's one that everybody by now, if you've been following Nick and myself, should be well positioned in. And if not, it's definitely not too late to get in there. Those are my thoughts on uranium. I'd love to hear yours.
1: I mean, we talked last week about mm-hmm. how uh, it's not just technically sound, but fundamentally sound. And yeah, you've got the spot price marching up into the 80s now. You've got deals getting done with with companies that have turned on production. We mentioned last year or last week, Encore Energy turning on production in South Texas. And this week, Boss Energy comes in and and, and buys a piece of um, yeah. Encore's uh, production in South Texas. So you've got deals happening, indicative of a uh, maturation of this uh, bull market. We said we were in the third. Or fourth inning um i sort of anticipated gold getting a bit overbought i told you that i had t- sold a tiny bit of gold and then bought a little bit more uranium etfs in the in the last episode and and that was the right move as well as 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 you mentioned gold bounced down uh after hitting record highs the uranium stocks have now ticked higher um and, and it's just creeping more to the mainstream like time had an, an article this week and the headline was something to the effect of Um, nuclear is the only option Uh, in fact i think that's what it was nuclear is the only option so you're seeing it embraced by by mainstream uh, magazines and and i think that's going to continue um here and and uec and uh materializing 55 million pound deficit without the you know the addition of new sources of um demand and they had an announcement in the past couple of weeks partnering with TerraPower, I believe it is, which which is a Bill Gates-like small modular reactor company, which is one of those uh, potential sources of, of new demand in the uranium space. And so, um, yeah, uh, like I said last last week, you're you're in the middle of something that you anticipated for over a decade, right? Since Fukushima in, in 2011, and now all around you, you're seeing announcements that are that are you know pointing to that right consolidation, M uh, more adoption of nuclear more acceptance of nuclear and um i think you're going to continue to see that play out and, and overshoot right that's the next thing right to getting back to technicals is um we're above that that 73 mark on the spot and at the you know uh, as happens in uranium there's a lot of blue sky now in the the chart so it, it's going to be interesting to watch
0: like i hate to bring down the mood but you know we're headed to vegas tomorrow and then you know, we're going to be staying about a block or two away, or at least driving right by uh, UNLB, There's reports of an active shooter right now. I know this is a daily thing in America. I, I've, I, I quit bringing it up because it's clear that politically there's zero will to do anything about it. I mean, everybody talks about doing something about it, but in America, folks, if, if you're from elsewhere, there is zero will to even, you know, Im- implement laws for responsible gun ownership, let alone you know, regulating some of the gun laws. And this is coming from a very pro-Second Amendment person, as I've said on this podcast before. So anyway, I, I hate to see that. Um, I hope that works out. The point that I wanted to make with uh, the active shooter situation is if we're not going to do anything on the gun side, can we do something on the mental health side? Can we agree that, you know, that we're not going to stop all the shootings? But there are some, you know, indicators just like, you know, we know that, Domestic violence, abusers you know, that have a history of domestic violence tend to be a lot more likely to 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 murder and kill, especially loved ones and spouses and girlfriends, right? And and oftentimes, you know, a gun is is, is is the way that that happens. And oftentimes with domestic violence cases, they end up being misdemeanors. So there is no felony on the record for these people. Even if, you know, the misdemeanor was an assault, um, oftentimes they plea down and now they can just run around and decide whenever they want to shoot their girlfriend or their wife that the gun's there and that's what they're going to do today. Or they can go into a university where kids are supposed to be learning um, and just start shooting shit up for whatever reason this person is going to have. And so um, maybe, (laughs) maybe that's the pivot, Nick. Maybe we start talking about mental health in a more, and you brought it up before, but in a more pronounced fashion, because that's the only way that I see we're even going to get to start addressing some of the ills um, that, that that motivate people to take such extreme actions on just random people. Right?
1: Yeah. No appetite on the, on the legislative, uh, side for sure. Um, and on the, the sort of, uh, you know, justice department side or, or federal side is, uh, a miss, you know, a focus, I would say you're a mm. misaligned focus. Um, I did see the, the UNLV thing right before we hopped on, but uh, while you're talking, I was thinking more about, uh, a a shooting that occurred, I I don't know how recently it was this year or last year, but it was an elementary school teacher and um, it was like a kindergartner who had brought a gun to school and and fired and shot her. Um, And she lived, but the mom was charged, right? And rightly so, uh, for um, child neglect, not improper storage of the firearm, et cetera, at the state level. Um, But she was in a state where marijuana was legal and um, I guess she was also marijuana users and the feds came in over the top And, you know, uh, put on some, you know, what in legal terms uh, I would deem as, you know, draconian charges. Yeah. uh, Intermittent, you know, cannabis use with um, firearm ownership, which um, I (laughs) would bet if you looked at the list of mass shootings, um, uh, many more had to do with mental health than with uh, cannabis use.
0: Yeah. Again, but. Worry not, folks. Um, yesterday, The Rock confirmed in an interview, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, the former pro wrestler, the actor, confirmed that he, you know, has been asked by our elected officials to run for president. And just today, he was briefed by the leaders of the military industrial complex, the Defense Department at the Pentagon. He was privy to a briefing there. So if you want to know how fucked up America is, still the greatest thing going, it's still very fucked up. Both things can be true at the same time, folks. That's how fucked up America is right now. We got the rock running for president in 2024, or Biden, or Trump. There's active shooters everywhere. There's no appetite for gun legislation, and we want to get moms in trouble to smoke weed when their kids uh, end up getting access to one of the weapons.
1: Maybe Arnold can be his VP uh, running mate. He's uh, getting his face back out there with a Netflix special and a a new uh, biography that's out. So, you know, Uh, the reality show continues, literally.
0: Yeah. And then listen, let's let's pivot away from the negative stuff. Um, I'm a big documentary geek. I watched one on, I believe it's Amazon prime on what I believe to be the greatest running back in the history of football who retired way too early,
2: uh, Barry but Sanders. Barry
0: Sanders. And it is a phenomenal documentary. I mean, I grew up watching Barry Sanders. Of course I grew up in Chicago, right? But he was a Detroit guy. And even if you were a Chicago guy, you had to take pride in the fact that the guy was in the Midwest and just doing things that Frankly, I haven't seen before and I haven't seen after from a running back in the field. I mean, he he would make his own defenders run into him because he was just like a Nintendo game on steroids, right? It was something else. And to see the guy be such a humble class act in the documentary, um, good robot, good robot. Hopefully, you don't know, skeletons in the closet like we all have. But uh, everything that I saw in that documentary put a smile on my face and it was a great reminder of what a bad man he was on the field.
1: I haven't seen the documentary, but I, I am old enough to remember I'm watching him play for sure.
0: Yes, sir. Well, listen, um, we have to talk crypto. We have been pounding the table the past year, trying to call bottoms, trying to find bottoms. Look, we, as usual, try to put our money where our mouth is, and and took fifty thousand of our company money and gave it to our in expert, Mister Chris Curl, and said, allocate this as you will. You put it wherever you want. You have complete autonomy. Um, you're the expert, not us. And so you take your time or do it all at once. You do it however you want to do it. But here's $50,000. Make it grow. And make it grow is exactly um, what Mr. Curl has done. Bitcoin is surging. It's at 44000 as we speak. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to having him on here shortly because I would love to get his take on some of the other opportunities out in the space If if, if the entire space is. You know, seeing gains, or if it's just isolated to Bitcoin. Of course, me knowing nothing on the crypto side, I'm eager to have them on. So, is Mister Curl with us?
1: He's ready to join. Yeah, and I'm glad that he can talk about it directly instead of me having to um, speak piecemeal and and for him. So, yeah, have at it. And I like that. You know, you're not necessarily plugged in or tuned into, and certainly not well versed in, in buying cryptos because. Um, you can ask some questions that likely a lot of people have. So, yeah, here we go. Have at it. Ask them whatever you want. And here he
0: comes. Let's do it. Drum roll, and there he <laughs> is, Chris. <laughs> hey how guys, are you today? how are you doing? We are well. We are well. We're excited to see you in Vegas tomorrow. Looking forward to catching up in person. And look, that's right. Let- Looking forward to saying thank you. Uh, You have our crypto portfolio, you know, looking really good right now, looking really healthy. And it seems to me I'm an amateur in the crypto space, right? But I can read a chart a little bit and it seems to me like it's just getting going. Your take on the overall crypto space and then let's talk Bitcoin specifically. And I'm sure Nick and I are going to have some questions for you.
2: Sure. Yeah. So this goes back all the way in February. I was predicting that Bitcoin would be back to fifty thousand dollars by the end of twenty twenty three. I think a lot of people were kind of rolling their eyes at me at the time that I was saying that. But uh yeah, they there always are always lot... do
0: when things are down, Chris. Trust well, me. Well, <laughs> right. People are
2: just very short term and emotional. That's why I'm here to let people know what to do for the long term. Uh but yeah, we're we are in a um in a bull market. Uh the last time I was on the show six months ago, uh, we were not in a bull market, but I was highlighting why uh, that at that moment, you know, we were in a very good position to, you know, if anyone was watching that, I was basically telling everyone to start buying Bitcoin, start buying cryptos because, you know, the next six months we're going to be very good uh, for Bitcoin and crypto as a whole. And we're seeing that play out. Back in uh, the beginning of September, I highlighted uh, what I called my Bitcoin bull market trifecta uh, in one of my issues. And that trifecta is essentially the fact that we have the Bitcoin halving coming up, which you guys have heard me talk about plenty. I think every time I come on, I talk about it. You talk uh, about the
0: halving, I talk about Patriot. <laughs> <laughs> right, I talk about Bitcoin <laughs>
2: halving, you talk about Patriot battery metals. But hey, you know, we're all here it, to make money, right?
0: Absolutely. You got to <laughs> talk about the the, the butter that's butter in your bread. So that, it is what it is. <laughs> right.
2: So, but it's still coming. It's it's going to happen in April or May of uh, 2024, and that's always a very bullish catalyst. Uh, catalyst because uh, the issuance of Bitcoin is cut in half, and that triggers every every time that happens, it triggers a massive run up in the price of Bitcoin. And we also have uh, this spot Bitcoin ETF approval looming. Um, there have been a number of spot. Bitcoin ETFs applied for in the U.S. that have been, you know, either delayed or rejected. But uh, this summer, BlackRock filed for their spot Bitcoin ETF, which uh, was incredibly bullish at the time. I was writing articles telling everybody, hey, now's the time to get in, you know, this summer. Like, now's the time to get in before the institutions do, because once this thing gets approved, which it will, because it's BlackRock, and they have a 575 to 1% approval records for uh, ETFs.
0: It's almost like they uh, have some really good lobbyists behind them, right? It's like it's, it's, right. A, it's almost like former BlackRock people infiltrated the government, put themselves in positions to oversee the commissions and regulators, and now get to approve the people they go have margaritas and uh, old fashions with. But that would Yeah, never I think happen, you've described
2: right? almost all of our regulatory bodies, Gerardo, but yeah. And, and our political <laughs> bodies as of... well. Yes, sir. So, I mean, that's happening. Their um, deadline is in march of 2024 now arcs arc invest has a uh spot bitcoin etf that a lot of people are speculating is going to be approved in the beginning of january by january 10th i'm still skeptical on that one but the market is definitely anticipating uh that spot etf for arc being approved in the beginning of january that's why partially why we're seeing a big run-up right now for bitcoin uh, with it hitting forty-four thousand dollars, so maybe that'll get approved, maybe not. But I know for almost certain that the BlackRock one in March will get approved. So regardless, I mean, buying now is is still wise because we are basically in the early innings of a new Bitcoin bull market, and we're going to see, you know, a lot of gains, especially in in select altcoins. Uh, But, of course, the third big catalyst is uh, an ultimate uh, Fed pivot where we're going to see the Federal Reserve having to uh, cut interest rates and adopt a more, you know, kind of ease their economic policy. Because I just don't think it's viable for them to keep interest rates high given the amount of debt loads they have to service and you guys probably know more than I do about this, but I I believe that over the last year, there was something like a trillion dollars spent just to service the current debt levels that the federal government is managing, which exceeds our entire defense budget, which is already massive to say the least. Uh, So at at these interest rates, I I mean, I think at a certain point they're just going to have to cut there. They're continuing to pause and, um, At this point, it's just a question of when. I've been speculating for for the last several months that it'll be sometime around the middle of 2024, which lines up pretty perfectly with the other catalysts for the bull market trifecta with the Bitcoin halving and the spot ETF approval. So really, for months, I've been saying 2024 and 2025 is going to be super bullish. If we get this approval in January and all this money floods in, It's possible that we'll see a new all-time high by the Bitcoin halving event in April, May. And we might, this cycle might peak out towards the end of 2024. But that's just something, you know, I'm keeping a close eye on.
0: Okay, a couple of things there. Uh, My first question would be, do you believe that the the quote unquote smart money, which, you know, it's the people with the Bloomberg terminals and the people behind the scenes that have access to the regulators. um, Do you think they're front running this a uh, potential, you know, ETF approval on the BlackRock side of it. I do. It's, because it's big money coming in. It's not small retail money that's driving Bitcoin at least.
2: <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting to note that there hasn't been a ton of new retail money in yet. And of course, I don't know how much that's a function of the fact that the average consumer is kind of tapped out. Um, uh, although it doesn't, when I go out, and about it doesn't seem like they're tapped out, <laughs> but a lot of the uh, data shows otherwise. I don't know if everybody's just running up their credit cards, but yeah, I, I do think that there's institutional money running front running this, and it could easily turn into a buy the rumor, sell the news. If this ARC ETF gets rejected in January, I, I predict a pretty large downturn in the crypto markets. If, if you're on the sidelines, I, and then we get that downturn, I, I would be buying heavily in Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrencies if that happens.
0: Interesting. Um, you mentioned the other coins. And, you know, my question is, is Bitcoin obviously is, you know, for lack of a better word, the star player, right, on the team. Uh, for good reason. It's the most stable coin. It's, it's, it's the most liquid. But what opportunities, and obviously don't give away the farm because that's not, you know, fair to your paying subscribers of your service. To which we'll put a link if you're so you know inclined to dabble in the crypto space. Chris is a phenomenal source for it; that's why he's on here. Um, but but where are the other opportunities? Are there opportunities that maybe are higher risk but also higher reward in the space?
2: Yeah, there are so many opportunities in the uh, in the cryptocurrency markets. I think six months ago when I was on, I was talking about all the alternative layer ones like Solana and Avalanche. Those are Massively up since then, and I think they still have a, a lot of room to grow. Uh, and then, you know, I've been writing about crypto gaming. I think that's going to be huge in this upcoming bull market. We're already up well over a hundred percent on most of my picks there that I've I've bought for the portfolio, and that's just getting started. And uh, I do I do think that select artificial intelligence crypto projects are going to do well, as even though they kind of had their own little uh, bull market in February. And then retraced a bit i i think there's still a lot of of growth potential there and still a lot on you don't even have to leave bitcoin because we have a, entire protocols built on top of it uh with the ordinals bitcoin ordinals which are inscriptions on the base layer of bitcoin that can contain anything from a an image to an entirely new token standard the brc20 standard where People are issuing meme coins and, and other things, and inscribing them onto the Bitcoin base layer. So I've also shown my readers kind of how to mint and buy those tokens and those NFTs if they want to. Uh, you know, I think if you're kind of a Bitcoin maximalist and you don't even want to buy any of these other projects, you can. You can, <laughs> like Nick, if Nick wants, feels like he wants to be speculative, he can you know get some ordinals or or uh, you know you doesn't have you don't have to leave the bitcoin ecosystem and and the interesting thing is when the all this ordinal transaction increases uh, it also massively increases the fees and the mining rewards on on the bitcoin network so it's long term bullish for bitcoin even though a lot of people kind of see it as a like pollution on the bitcoin uh network i uh you know i'm open minded i think Crypto is decentralized and uh, people should be free to kind of do what they want to do with it.
0: Well, that puts you directly um, and then square on the opposite side of Mr. Jamie Dimon. I joked about a no country for old men and um, Jamie Dimon was on TV uh, ranting and raving about how if he was in charge of the government, he would outlaw crypto and Bitcoin immediately, said he would eliminate it. Um, Any thoughts on Mr. Diamond's take on the crypto space and why he feels so passionately about um, crypto and Bitcoin? It seemed odd. It seemed out of character for him.
2: Well, I mean, I think it's a direct threat to his whole business model. Um, It is Bitcoin is anti-central bank, anti-banking. It's be your own bank. That's the motto. So where, where does JP Morgan fit into that? Where does Jamie Diamond fit into that? Yeah. Yeah, They're obviously not going to like that. They're going to feel threatened by it. Um, And he's probably going to hold out as long as he can. But the reality is, is this all kind of ties in. I know you to what you guys talk about a lot with the fourth turning and the fact that Bitcoin is in many ways a monetary debasement hedge and kind of increasingly the preferred hedge for younger generations, digitally native generations like the millennials and the zennials who are a lot more comfortable doing things on their phone than, say, going to the gold dealer and buying a a gold bar or a gold coin and storing it in a safe. Um, So it it is, I do see Bitcoin as being the anti-establishment, anti-institutional position uh, during the fourth turning, uh, during uh, these periods of uncertainty. And of course, someone like Jamie Dimon, who is totally enmeshed it really is the institution. Sure, is not going to be really happy about that.
0: Interesting, interesting. Nick, uh, any questions on your end?
2: I guess I want to talk
1: about h- holders, right? Which I, I view myself as, and, and where they fit into the market, both the existing market, right, with there not being a lot of turnover in the the Bitcoin float, right, because there's a, a capped amount of bitcoins that are ever. Uh, mined and, and put onto the market, and I know that there's other people like me who own them on a physical device in a safe where you know I have no intention of selling, right? So those are sort of off the market. Uh, Next so to that's the one bullets,
0: th- everyone, I like to remind everybody the that's safe. Right. That's also stacked. Just okay, just making sure y'all. Don't so, that, that's one aspect
1: there. Or, uh, of it. Like, how does that playing into the current price rise in Ascension? And then also, I guess, how or why people should hold a right, hold a right? Because one of the, the things, I guess, frankly, pushback I see is about the complexity of the uh, the crypto sphere, if you will, about you know all the different coins and exchanges and wallets and how to do it. But for me, it's pretty simple. Like I just own Bitcoin and it's on a, a, a physical device and it's in my safe. So it's only as complex as you make it. So can
2: you talk about like those two aspects of holding? Well, sure. Yeah, and you don't have to buy all these, you know, speculative coins. You can just buy Bitcoin. I was telling my readers to to dollar cost average into Bitcoin when it was under twenty thousand dollars the whole time, and you can just accumulate Bitcoin and then sell it near the uh, top of the cycle top because Bitcoin is a very cyclical asset, uh, and it's all related to the having. I, I think the volatility will decrease in time as kind of the adoption curve grows for cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin but uh there's a lot of upside potential because as you said there's a limited supply that can ever be mined that's 21 million the vast majority of which have already been mined and uh the difficulty in mining increases uh exponentially which is why you know you used to be able to mine bitcoins at home on your on your pc and now you're you're seeing massive uh, companies sprout up with these huge data arrays uh, that that have uh, GPUs that are just, you know, constantly uh, doing the computational work of mining these Bitcoin. But in this cycle, we're seeing that the people who own and hold Bitcoin are holding it for the long term. Um, over 70% of Bitcoin supply hasn't moved in over a year. And more than 41% hasn't moved in over three years. Mm. So, people like you, Nick, and I, who are are smart and kind of see the writing on the wall here, we're continuing to accumulate, and uh, we know what's ahead for Bitcoin in the long term, especially in the face of the kind of monetary debasement that we're living under globally. So that that's only going to continue as kind of the the smart investors realize: Hey, even if I don't understand all this crypto stuff, I know what they're doing to fiat currencies. So, let me get some of this Bitcoin. you know having gold is a good idea, but probably gonna see more upside on Bitcoin over the long term. I mean, I think in the twenty thirties we're gonna probably see Bitcoin trading between seven hundred thousand to a million dollars, so buying it now at forty something thousand holding long term not a bad strategy. Well, I think about uh if there was a
1: hot mining junior mining stock that only had 21 million shares out and the entire world knew about it with the what the price would go to right so um, and then I guess my last question would be about companies you mentioned companies now mining bitcoin that's been a thing for a while um, uh, on various scales um, uh, but you can invest in 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 companies as well to reflect that sort of bullish theme or sentiment on crypto right you could buy a company like microstrategy that holds bitcoin on their balance sheet or you could buy a company that uh, mines and, and sells bitcoin and holds a little bit on their balance sheet um yeah. or you could buy some tangentially related company or i mean there are vtfs you, you know we talk about a, a spot etf being approved, but there's like the bito for example you can buy mm-hmm. to get um long bitcoin and so um, I guess just remind people or, or talk about that as well, how you can, you know, get exposure to the market without having to actually, you know, buy a, a coin itself. Sure. Okay, let me the- say
0: one thing really quick, Chris, before you provide that, I'm sure, insightful answer. If you want more of Chris's insights, along with Mr. Hodge, myself and our talented group of editors, I'm supposed to remind you to go to dailyprofitcycle.com forward slash subscribe, where you can get Tons of free research and insight from yours truly, Mr. Curl, Mr. Hodge, Ryan Stansel, the Jug Carl, and a group of others. So with that being said, the floor is yours, Mr. Chris.
2: It's true. There are a lot of good free articles on there. Um, but yeah, as far as, I mean, you don't have to open up a uh, an account on a crypto exchange if you don't want to. There are many stocks you can buy. Coinbase has been a great stock this year. going to continue to go up. MicroStrategy, which holds tons of Bitcoin, is a good way to have exposure to Bitcoin without buying the coin, as are a myriad of Bitcoin miners that are publicly traded. Uh, These these Bitcoin miners really kind of perform like a leveraged Bitcoin position. So if if Bitcoin's going up, you're going to see many of these Bitcoin miners with valuations and gains that exceed uh, that of Bitcoin. So... Yeah, there are many. And of course, we have futures ETFs, which uh, aren't as good. And in, I think it, within a few months, we're going to have a spot Bitcoin ETF that you uh, will be able to purchase. So, yeah, a lot of options out there. Um, and then it'll be really easy to put a Bitcoin in an IRA as well, which I think is, a, is an interesting proposition. So many older people with retirement funds, uh that are skeptical hesitant to get in now are going to be allocating a certain portion of their portfolio to bitcoin once this spot etf is approved it's going to be huge and of course the way that these spot etfs function is that the uh, issuers have to hold buy and hold all these assets on their balance sheets so blackrock fidelity ark all these you know huge asset managers are going to have to actually buy this bitcoin and hold it, and uh, that's just gonna be bullish for the price, there's no way around it. Good, well, I'm glad we launched the Million Dollar Crypto Club,
1: uh, that's been going well. As you and I were talking about this week, Chris, uh, the portfolio is now up. Uh, the goal is uh, turning that into $1 million in two years, and um, of course, at least from my perspective, uh, earlier you get trend better, so we'll provide a link to that Million Dollar Crypto Club information as well, and. Uh, we thank you for joining us today. So sorry
2: for <laughs> cutting in there and wrapping it up, but I think we were getting to the end there. No, that's great. I think I, I think I said everything I needed to say, and uh, now's the time to get in.
0: Good, Chris. One last one before before you take off. I always talk about bull markets and where they're at, and I use baseball analogies, right? So, and if if you know, I say the uranium bull market is probably in the bottom of the third inning um where would you where would you peg the 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 bitcoin in the crypto bull market that we're in right now
2: bottom of second inning probably
0: nice all right that means there's a lot of runway, folks yeah good stuff good stuff chris this has been awesome as always thank you sir see you in vegas
2: thank you see you guys see you hey there you independent-minded
1: investor If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below, subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one, and share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one.